Listening to the KSR Football Podcast. Welcome in to a fun, fantastic, splendiferous, magnificent edition of the KSR Football Podcast. We're, folks, I, I don't even know how to feel right now. I've never been here before, and I don't know if I'll ever be here again. Feel good, man. Just, just feel good. Cats are seven and one. Seven and one. Off for the first time ever. A walk-off win on the last play of the game. Oh, and on guess an what? untimed down. On an untimed down, and then oh yeah, we're playing for the SEC East on Saturday. It doesn't I, doesn't get much sweeter than this. I think that's pretty good. What am I supposed to do with my hands, Charles Walker? You do the Ricky Bobby, where they you kind of just keep raising them. What what do I do? hold the mic? It felt good. Or do you? I, I think an, a logical explanation would be just to jump on uh, Brez's back and just take him out. Maybe squeeze C.J. Conrad until he's going to puke. Um, Shake Lynn Bowden's hand. Yes, a, a strong chest bump. David Bouvier. I, I hug Josh Allen. There's, I have many emotions right just now. Just all of the emotions. That was an amazing win. And I'm just uh, – it's we're two days later. This is a – we're recording on a Monday night, and I'm still having a difficult time processing how it all went down. Yeah, I mean, it was – this is like a boring game leading up to that final drive and, of course, the punt return. But it was, the Cats got it done, man. We all believe that this team was a great team, that obviously they have the great defense, but they just found a way to win. And it, it, it was one of those, like, all of the coaching cliches just reared their heads. All three faces of the game came ready to play. They really grew up today. I mean, but it's, yeah, you know. Uh, D. West. Kind of true. Blocks a field goal. When Bowden's like, coach, I got this. Goes in, returns a punt to win it. And then, oh, yeah, Terry Wilson to all the haters and losers, just goes down and has an 88-yard touchdown drive to end the game. I mean, it was a picture-perfect final five minutes after a very weird first three-and-a-half quarters. Yeah, that's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. Um, And if you think this is weird, it's a little bit weird today because our friend Drew Franklin isn't here. I didn't think it was weird. I didn't even miss a beat. Oh, Oh, wow. I just no Drew. I Honestly, mean, this no is Drew, his no second problem. time missing. You guys want to cut him some slack? You gave Nick gave his best intro yet. Exactly. So I don't know if that's because he's happy that we're seven and one, or Drew's not here. But it, maybe it's kind of fishy. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe maybe the bartender maybe, gave him a, maybe we a got cliff jumper. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I came in and it's like a party in here. But man, it was it's one of those things that like. It's hard to know where to begin when talking about this game because it was filled with so much storylines. And then, oh, yeah, we got to talk about a game where we're playing for the SEC East. The, the like, uh, so whenever 
Catsby, Florida, you're like, oh, okay. And then Mississippi State and then South Carolina, and then you look at the SEC standings and you're like, hey, it's Kentucky at the top. You're kind of used to seeing us, you know, like at the beginning of the year, kind of near the top, and then as the year goes on, it's like, all right, now we're tied for fourth. Yeah, there's a now lot we're of – we're in fifth, and now people look at it and we're right up there at one Yeah, we, we started – We've started a lot of seasons strong. Yeah. It's not unusual for us to have been 4-1, and 5-1. and one, But to be in the second half of the season sitting at 7-1, this team has just separated themselves. Yeah. So, uh, I remember before the last Georgia game at Kroger Field, whatever other game was being played that day in the SEC, something big happened. And I remember taking a screen grab of the SEC standings before the game. It was like, hey, look. Kentucky's at the top of them. Just look. Just look. It's there. Right there. See? See? It's It happened. It happened once. Fast forward now. All of the, well, if this happens, if this happens. No. It's just go beat Georgia and you win the SEC. It's right there. The East. holy mecca. East. East. Yeah. And there's still <laughs> <Hey>. Bama. But, <laughs> They're all right. Which technically, if LSU goes out and takes care of business. It could be LSU, but it's going to be family. I said there's no moral victories, but if you lose to Alabama in the championship <laughs> game, there's no no shame no, in that. No shame. We we've been breaking it all. down for a while now. Back when me and Chuck were on the team, you know, we're old timers now, washed up, <laughs> just talking radio heads, whatever. I'm sure you guys will get tired of us soon, but we used to break it down to SEC uh, champs on three. So to actually see it be right there is it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And it, it Hey, and you know what, guys, uh, I know we haven't gotten this to this part of the show. Actually, you know what? Let's just go ahead and get in it. I want you all to go ahead and pat yourselves on the back because without you all, you all don't get the credit cuz you're not on the team now. But without people like Charles Walker and Austin McGinnis, Kentucky isn't at this point right now. So go ahead, just, just pat yourself on the back. Yeah, we'll take it, but this team has it gotten their own identity I mean it's it's just been great when you have that many seniors return with a mission because they know they could have some of them could have got paid to be playing this year and they took a step back or they came back here to take a giant step forward and it, it, it's been amazing to watch this team just find ways to win because that's what it is there's going to be close games in the SEC it's can you win those close ones and it's those close ones are what define your season well and I, I was kind of going through some of the close, big Mark Stoops wins, and there's a lot of them. And normally, Kentucky, like through my lifetime, it's been you count the close losses, not the close wins. Well, it went from, all right, Austin kicking the, the Mississippi State one to uh, Lamar Jackson. You know, there's been a lot of different ones. Saturdays, you want to talk about – it doesn't get any closer than that. No. I, I mean – there is – I mean, you're talking – you're down 11 with five minutes to go. Your offense has only had a field goal all day. And I still I, – I was like, well, they could still – there's still a chance. There's still a chance. Even after Lynn Bowden's return, Terry Wilson throws an interception with two and a half to go, going for the home run, gets picked off. And they still had it. They still came back to win the game. It's – I, I'm, I'm, I'm still in shock. I mean, it's got to be the first time ever there's literally a stat. This is a real stat. Kentucky's offense did not score 
in the first 60 minutes of the game, yet you <laughs> win. Yet you win by a thrown touchdown from your quarterback to oh. a tight end. But that's literally the Holy stat. Crap. That's the stat. The offense Didn't hasn't score scored. for 60, 60 minutes. minutes. We had a punt return. <laughs> that's crazy. Great that's stat a real-life stat. I couldn't believe that when we got that pass interference call, they actually gave it to us. It was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, when, when they started to meet up, I was going, oh, God. If he – if Ahmad Wagner would not have caught that ball, if he would have dropped that ball, yeah. that might have went on him. But the fact that he caught it and didn't come down in bounds, but he caught the football, I think that played a huge role well, in the ref's decision because they're humans. And, and the thing is, too, Austin, is I think that they were debating on whether it was catchable or not. But exactly. since he obviously caught it, they yes. were like – well, we can't say he didn't have a chance. And how much cojones do you have to have if you're a – all right, Ahmad, we haven't played you all year. Go catch a fade to win the game with four seconds left. I just wish we wouldn't wait till we needed it <laughs> yeah, to like, use these guys. Like, we split out CJ early in the game. And we're like, this looks great. This is Patriots do it all the time. We hit it to CJ for like seven, eight yards. We never split him out again and yeah. throw to him. You got to do it more consistently. But his next catch was big. His next catch was big. Yeah. But why can't we just yeah, see that you. more throughout the game and work him into our game plan? Because it seems like finally we're we're targeting Lynn. We're Terry himself is like, I like Lynn. I'm throwing to Lynn. That's been his go-to receiver. Why can't we just force more balls into CJ? Honestly, the first drive I thought was beautifully called, and right. I was really – excited because I was thinking that this is going to be the whole game and we're going to come yeah. in here and just shut them up real quick. Didn't happen, but we still got out with the win. Well, so. with that first drive, I thought we were going to come out taking shots and open them up a little bit, but we didn't. And I understand well, what they're saying. They were there playing was, time of possession. There was a couple of times where they called shots and then dudes weren't open. Yes. Or, or And there, there was another time where they – it was it was one of those – I don't know on which platform I said this on, but I was – it actually, I think it was on my radio show. I wanted to see the Aaron Rodgers where they do the, the fake read option where it's like the really long delayed play action to let the receivers get some depth and then let it fly. Well, they ran it, and then Terry was sacked immediately. Yeah. It was like, oh, God, come on. Um, but there, there were definitely plenty of head-scratching moments. We'll get to those, but I do want to start with just the best thing we saw because there were so many good things. I want to hear those first, and then we'll kind of talk about the game from there. Who, who wants to, to lead off? I'll lead off. I won't go. All right, I won't even say it Yeah, yet. don't say I'm it. I'm going to go. Best thing you saw, Chuck Walker. With an underrated pick. I guess not really, but no first downs in the second half for Missouri's high electricity. Uh, the, the best offense in the SEC. No first downs in the second half. What? From, yeah. What? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure we no have first downs? less than 40 yards. Eight three and outs. Not a single Eight, first down. Not a single first down. When Stoops is going through the drive chart, he's like, you look at it and you go five, minus three, minus six, two. He, he was smiling. He was These giggling. These dudes suck. <laughs> <laughs> but What's your best thing? I mean, the, the, the Missouri's offense was 12th in the nation in total offense going in. And I know I loved it, bash Drew Locke last week on how bad he was against SEC teams, but they're still good. They're tight in Okua. I can't. Eighty one. Yeah, or yeah, I think it's Okua Bongu or something. Yeah. I've tried to figure out his name. I can't. Yeah. He's an NFL guy. I mean, they got some studs out there. Drew Locke's is the second quarterback projected pick, and you just completely shut him up. Like, just completely stop him. 
Cash Daniels got one freaking hand, and he's still out there making plays. Like, that was just an incredible second half. The best thing I saw was from a good old boy that I'm not going to lie, I'm, I've been I've been hard on him. I've been really hard on him in the past because I, I've questioned his effort at times, and that's Lynn Bowden. Lynn Bowden's one of those guys that, like, he'll catch one screen pass and then go, like, 15 yards and juke, like, three guys out of his socks and then lower his shoulder and just make plays. And then there's other times where I'm like, damn it, Lynn, just run full speed. Just come on, Lynn, you can do it. And you know what? He put it all together when Kentucky recruited Lynn. He was one of those guys that when you watch his highlights, you were like, this guy's Superman. He can't be stopped. Nobody can touch him. And he's had those moments. Saturday, every time he touched the ball, it was one of those moments. Who, who was the Ohio State running back that went to the Maurice same Claret. high school, Maurice Claret, yes. and the big thing his high school coach was saying that Lynn is better than Maurice Claret was, and that's that was truly saying something. And yes. He, he put it to show. And, like, one thing, I think just the way Lynn plays looks lackadaisical. Like, when he's running full speed, he just looks smoother than the <laughs> yeah. DB he's running yeah. with. He's so, I so think fast, sometimes, it looks easy. I think sometimes we think it's effort, but in reality, that's just how he plays yeah. the game. He's just smooth. Well, and, and it was one of those games, too, where Missouri did an excellent job stopping the run. And I know some fans are just concerned that Benny could get going, but Missouri's been pretty good against the run all year. Their front, their front four is very good. Uh, yeah. When you talk about those short yardage situations, Georgia and Alabama were struggling in those short yardage situations against Missouri. Terry Beckner Jr. is a stud. He's an NFL guy. They have some dogs up front. I think that was more of the reason why the run game struggled. So you needed receivers to step up. Yeah. Some rose to the occasion, like Lynn. Others did not. The the interception that Terry threw. I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, Taven, why'd you stop running? Like, yeah. I, I get you're running a go route, and it sucks that you're 35 yards down the field and you've been running for five seconds. But as soon as he quit running, Terry threw it, and then the DB was just he, – he hadn't looked up yet, and the ball was right in the bread Some, basket. So sometimes with those routes, they're literally routes just so the corner is gone and out of the picture so you can run something like a sail or an, yeah. out, an outbreaking route. So – Sometimes guys just give up on it because they're like, "All right, there's no way." You know, we've, we ran this pre- we've ran this play in practice a hundred times, and it's been thrown to me zero, so it's yeah. not going to happen. Right. And right. that one time you take the three seconds off of a play, bam, <laughs> they throw it to you, and you you know you could have made a play, you could have scored a touchdown, but instead you kind of just didn't think it was coming. It's to almost you. like in practice, you got to have the quarterback go to his second and third reads, yeah. so that they are there with the timing. And I think that's where when the passing game will step up when Terry kind of takes ownership of that. And the good news is is this is his first of three years. So yes. he has a lot of room to grow. Oh, yeah. And, and Terry's timing was much better. Um, and he was, he was assertive. And I think that's what we were – that's what people were worried about in the last two games is that it seemed like he was afraid to make a mistake. In, in this game, he was not. He was putting them on point. And, and I know that, like, I, I, I want to blame receivers for some of the misgivings. Well, we had some drops. Well, there was some drops. And then, like, so, like, Josh Alvey has a great first down catch and then just completely whiffs on second and one screen. 
God, he got the guy got murdered. Too. <laughs> yeah, like it's yeah. like one of those where you're just like, he's too small to stay on the field if he's going to block like that. Yeah. He's a liability out there if you're not going to well, block. But then on the flip side, you've got Dorian, who's the opposite of a liability. His strength is uh, blocking on the outside, but then he runs a great slant and a perfect release. I mean, it was perfect, and he, I mean, he's housing that probably. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I ain't tackling him, and then just off his hands and. You hate it for the guy, but you just you gotta uh, make the plays. You gotta I mean, make the plays, especially I mean, as a fifth-year senior. Yeah, you know, supposed to be the leader in that room. You gotta make the plays. That's not the first time we've seen Dorian have some drops in his career, and he worked so hard. So you just want it for the guy. Yeah, yeah. And, and my He's, thing is, is like the catching the part is the easiest. Like what, like getting sep- getting open against SEC DBs. I mean, he put that dude in the dust. Easy. He made yeah. he made the DB whiff. Like, the DB tried to hold him up, and Dorian just, like, one, got him uh, unbalanced. Two, swiped his hand, and the DB just had no shot of covering it. It was a, it was and, a perfect like, the route. move, I was going, all right, this is, this is going. And then, bam, I got, oh. But it happens, you know. He, he's made some big-time catches. He's had some big-time drops, I agree. But And, and, and I, I just am hoping he's he has his redemption moment yeah. in the future. And I think he can. I think that's one – about Dorian's growth, like I'm always gonna offend him to death because it's it's been impressive to see him grow. Much like it's it was impressive to watch Wynn grow, just oh, from yeah. where He's he been was. Quick. He's been a quick grower. I mean, he got targeted 13 times. You know how many receptions he had? 13. 13. That one that he snagged over the middle, <laughs> I was like, I don't know how he – and he just so cleanly came up with it. He's like, one of those players where if he's having a good game, there's not many things that can get him out of his element. Yeah. And I think oh. we saw that from Terry too. And even in the after, after the game interview, Terry said something like, uh, you know, at the end of the day I went out with the mindset that, like, we're going to score this touchdown. You know, I haven't necessarily played the best game right now, but I know we're going to score it. And I was yeah. like, all right, that's what you want. Like, as a QB, when you get the ball, it's almost like the Aaron Rodgers. He makes all those Hail Marys. He's like, yeah, I know they're going to catch it. Like, I know we're going to score. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, like, yeah, I scored. I like that they put Gunner in, even if it was for a little, just for the fact that Terry could see what the worst thing that could happen to him was, which is you're not in the game, and be like, okay, let's see what this dude does. And then I get to come back in, and then you're just hungry, and you're fearless at that point. So like, what's the worst that's going to happen to yeah, me? Yeah, that's so true. So that just eliminates, and then you just focus on playing the game. And so I really do think that had a big effect. Like, it just it gets the pressure out of the way. So let's talk about that. I'm going to make sure I get some more of the best things we saw because I didn't get to yours, and I have a couple more that we're going yeah, to touch on. Yeah, I have another on. one too. But, but first thing, like, so we tried the Gunner Hoke and Danny Clark experiment. Oh, man, first playing with Danny. Danny. fumble. I, I thought he was going to run through just like two two linebackers. So Fumbled. We, I think we all kind of knew when they said they were going to get all three that they were going to try to use Clark like Tebow back yeah. when Tebow was like a freshman. Yeah. And then Danny Clark's no Tim Tebow, but he is like a big physical dude who can also sling it. Yeah. So there are some pluses and minuses to it. And even Stoops is like, you know, second one situation. You get the first down, you run quick tempo, you can get some play action out of it. But he put it on the turf. He did put it on the turf. But I think they might go back to him at some point in the season, whether it's this big Georgia game coming up. I could definitely see them in some of these latter games I getting Danny play. some more reps. Because oh. Danny can sling it. He doesn't care. Nope. So I see a definite trick play. Jump I think pass. that was to set it up, honestly. Jump pass. Yeah. I did I too. Really do. You got to put the plays in there. 
back in high school, I played for when I played for Prattville, we were beating this team at homecoming by like 30 points, and we were running like all our fakes, <laughs> like on just so they had because we're the good teams were coming up, right. so they had more film to break down, more things to worry about in practice. So it does play an effect. So that's a good point. Charlie. So here's my question for you all. I mean, I don't need to know what kind they were, but how many fakes did you put in that you didn't run? Are you, there's a lot. I mean, there's yeah, a lot. Yeah. Was there like was well, it like a new one every week? Let's no, do offensively. No. Speak about offensively, Chuck. Yeah. Because I know we had that big one to Ryan Timmons with yeah, Neil we Brown. Yeah, we had a couple. Fakes are all about timing. You know, you don't want to call them in the first quarter. It's good on like yeah. the 40-ish. Yeah, it's good on the 40 because, well, we saw what happened in the bowl game last year when you try to call a fake too early on the field with Northwestern and, you know, their quarterback catches it and, if they're a little bit closer, then maybe he's in the end zone rather rather than, you know, getting caught from behind and that whole <laughs> what seemed to be the worst injury I've God. ever seen live. Yeah. But, no, it, we, we didn't call it. <clears throat> Dude, that guy went from, like, first draft prospect to, like, fourth or fifth. God. That's, that's all I can say. That's that brutal. was – I that's just brutal. felt for that, that kid. But, anyways. Yeah. But I, I just feel like we haven't really called – I mean, have we called a fake this year yet? Well, it was a two-point play. But yeah. that was that was that's a, different. Yeah, that's a little different. Which I, I think that goes like that's worth saying. Like that's a, a two point play for a specific Definitely. situation. Huge yeah. difference. And and also to why is Lynn Bowden throwing on it? Well, you know what? They ran a crazy ass two point play against Tennessee last year that was eerily similar. Yeah. Except it wasn't Bowden throwing. I think it was Steven throwing. Yeah, no, Benny threw it. To Steven. Yes. No, no, no. It, Steven threw it to Benny. Yeah. Because I took I the handoff. Benny, Benny, Benny was the walk. Yeah. I took, time, though, I I took the handoff and flipped it back to Steven, who was rolling right, and Benny was yes. okay. like a flat yes. route. But wasn't there it. another one? No, that was split. South Carolina, and Steven dropped it. It was right in his freaking hands. Yes. <laughs> yeah, oh, that, that, that was, was uncalled, though. Remember yeah. that? that? Benny was like, I'm going to throw it to him. I was blocking for Steven <laughs> on the left side, and there was only one oh, guy. Man. That's and it. Benny was like, all right, I'm going to catch this They just didn't guard it. him, so Benny yeah. threw it. We have yeah. so many weapons, especially with Lynn. Like, he can throw it just good enough that there is options there for him. Okay, so on special teams, though. Because there was a moment where I thought they were going to run the LSU. Yes, fake. I love that fake. But flip it over the head. No, the holder no, flips it over. Not that Which one. The, the punt. Oh, the punt where, yeah, you just take it off. Yeah, Duffy was holding it up, and we thought it was there, and then he ended they, up punting They had it. like two dudes sitting LSU back. LSU has all the best uh, field goal and punt fakes, by the way. Yeah. Well, then we used They're to have notorious. their uh, – Pivoto used yeah, to. Yeah, Pivoto. Bradley Dale Pivoto. He was at Texas A&M the last – this season, he's with AM. Yeah, yeah. But so, a dozen fakes a year with field goal and no, special teams? No, 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 no. There is like, like two or three. Yeah, oh. I bet, and I you bet just, there's not even a dozen. You, you rep the same teams. fakes from like training camp on, and you may never run it, but if you do, you got it down pat. Right, okay, okay. Unless, unless there's something in their scheme where. They're like, not watching the ball off the tee, yeah. or they're not watching the punter punt it. Like, then like you'll what put Duffy something did, in. Where yeah. he's just chilling. But you always have like a punt fake where you're kind of running up the middle, and the shield is going to block out for you. That's like a classic Pretty, punt yeah. play. Did you have? Didn't you have a kickoff one? Did you do a weird kickoff once, like the little trickle one? Oh, or no. am I dreaming that? That was uh, a little ten-yard dribbler. That was where, that was on onsides. We got that. Like on yeah. a true on sides. That was a true on side. I thought it was just like a, oh, they it. are paying attention. No, we needed it back. We didn't. We didn't run many many trick plays. The one side against Mississippi State that they didn't give 
was a load of crap when they called offsides. Yes. I, that was the and first. The offsides on the backside. That's a yeah. classic Stoops moment. That was the first yeah. angry Stoops moment. He, he, he had smoke rolling out of his ears. Stoops sat in every special teams meeting after that and brought up that play for years. <laughs> yeah. Years. I wasn't even there when it first Just happened. Just to make sure Literally nobody went offsides. three Being years senior, after. Yeah, like every practice too. <laughs> Lamar Thomas used to stand, even on regular kickoffs, and would yell, stay offside. <laughs> yeah, that's like the like one Like even job. on regular kickoffs. Like when we knew McGinnis was going to just put it maybe through the uprights for a touchback, oh, you man. would just hear LT, stay outside. <laughs> so we went, we went from like, okay, let's talk about the quarterback thing to uh, onside kicks. Can I pick uh, my, I favorite, my favorite play of the game? Yes. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it. We'll get back to the it's quarterback. Still, it's on topic. We'll get to the gunner stuff eventually. Lynn Bowden putting himself in the game for the punt return. Nice. He calls his own number and then houses it and makes it look easy. It didn't look like Missouri was even trying to cover it. <laughs> it was miraculous. Well, and you can speak to this too, Chuck. When the ball had that extra oomph in it, it was like, ooh. I think that punter had the wind. So when you can catch the ball and there's not someone at well, probably at least five yards, maybe even ten, I mean, that's like almost a kickoff, which are ten times easier to catch and field than a punt because usually there's someone right on your grill. But I was saying last year my favorite punts to catch were that Townsend dude from Florida because yeah. he boots at 60 in the air. Yeah. You got room. So you actually have room to catch it and make a move rather than – just get Maybe catching it and either dying catch. or fair catching it. With so. bodies around yeah. you where it's just like there's only bad that can happen. Well, there's yeah, nothing and, good. And that's why I felt bad for Bouvier because, like, he was put in a lot of very difficult scenarios. He's had to catch tough punts and punts that are, like, 40 yards with five-second hang time. So, it's I mean, there's really nothing you can and, do. And there was He's there, done a good job. Just, the, just catch the ball. And there was only it. one where it was like, oh, man, that was bouncing right to you. But he, yeah. he, he didn't want to play the bounce. Yeah. And then it got, like, ten more yards inside the ten. And that's exactly why Bouvier fields most of the punts yeah. is because he puts less balls the on the ground, yeah, than Lynn does. Yes. And I think that's unless Lynn calls his own number, then you send him out there no matter <laughs> what. And, and you know what? That's confidence. In that situation too, it perfect. Was, and it was kind of like was really low kick key. To him. Yeah. yeah, everything happened perfectly. I, I like when Lynn was returning it. I was like, he's going to the house without even realizing that. Like, oh crap, Lynn's in. What? What's he doing in? Like it just. Well, you can tell it by the way natural. he caught the punt that it, <laughs> oh. that it was kind of not natural. Yeah, yeah, he almost yeah. caught it like a like yeah. a pass, yeah. which is what he did in the like, Missouri like, game dude, last year. Don't catch it overhead. But it worked. Yeah. It yeah. worked because he caught it right away. Yeah. But I mean, when he was running it, too, of it was beautiful. The whole time I'm like, don't fight. Don't fight. I know. Well, that's the scariest part when you see any special teams touchdown, and I guess any long touchdown, but especially on special teams because there's so many ways that block in the back can happen. Yeah. yeah. I was going, oh, come on. And once you don't see that – little yellow ticker you're like let's go well this one there was no one it seemed like within like seven yards yeah. on any side of him at any point of the return well and that's what made the big kick such a big deal because he caught it on the right sideline so they were flooding that to that way yeah. and it's like all he needed was one block on the left side and he has the speed to beat him and i just i, I was so happy because he had, i mean he got a, a great kick call back week four yeah. And it's like that's true. Yeah, and, and it was exactly what Kentucky needed. And it's the exact kind of just something I just call it something stupid. Something stupid's gonna have to have to happen this Saturday. Yeah. You gotta have just some, some good dumb some chaos. Yeah, and we had a college football. Too. 
Yeah. That was huge. And yeah. That was huge. Uh, and that is the ultimate play that nobody's talking about enough yeah. in this yeah. game because it happened early. I think David Bouvier's catches are the ultimate plays that nobody's going to talk about or really remember. Everyone's going to remember the yeah. Lynn punt return touchdown, the CJ touchdown. But Well, see, here's the difference, Chuck, between his catches and yours is that we will remember David's because we won this yeah, game. Yeah, <laughs> true. Very true. That was, a, that yeah. was always a bummer. Chuck always caught the big two-minute drop catches. Whenever we lost. Yeah. So it's like if Chuck <laughs> had a big catch, it's like, well, not scoring on this game winning drive. <laughs> oh I'm just teasing you, man. Wow, that's I'll, I'll always remember that Florida catch. There was another game, too, oh, you had nice. a big one, right? Ole Miss. Chuck, if it makes you feel any Dude, better. It was Ole Miss, too. Yeah. God, it was Two games both, we lost. It yeah. was both games. <laughs> both were like yeah. one-point losses, too, I think. Yeah. I thought we should have thrown to you like on every third down. Oh, Lord. Oh, man. But in the fact that one of Bouvier's catches had to be reviewed – we, Cat's got a free timeout. Yeah. That was an unreal catch where he went behind his yeah, body behind running him. full yeah. speed. And I, that's, I, a, that's a catch that only David Bouvier yeah, makes. Low center of gravity. Yeah. Hands of glue. Hands of glue. So the, the one bummer about Missouri doing their stadium construction is there isn't really that much room behind uh, the end zone to get to. So I had to settle for watching the final drives from, like, the Missouri sideline. But the good thing was I had the vantage point of Bouvier's catch. That is nice. And I was like, oh, that's definitely a catch. Like, he, like it was right there, just boom. It was also great because you would just hear the sighs from, like, all the players after every big play. <sighs> yes, that. Yeah. The, the only, my only regret, though, is that I wasn't on the other side to, like, give CJ a hug after that because that, I was standing – right at the sticks on the other end. So if CJ's on the other side. Yeah. I'm sure he was looking for you. Like, oh. who else to hug but exactly. you after the <laughs> biggest I'll tell catch. you who was not looking for a teammate was Stenberg he was too busy talking trash to one of the D-linemen. <laughs> it's on one of those Stevie. videos. He, like, kind of looks at CJ and everyone's celebrating, and he's like, takes a hard right just to go talk more <laughs> trash to this guy that he's probably been talking trash to all game long. Wait, Stenberg? Yes, no. I think Stenberg was talking a little trash, maybe, maybe a lot of trash, trash every play. I think he was like telling him to have a good night and, you know, yeah. fair safe, battle. Safe hey, good home. game. Yeah, good job. Good job, teammate. Way to, way to play ah, hard. I think it was probably a little something different. <laughs> so, but, so, yeah, Missouri, they, they normally have a tunnel very similar to Kentucky's. Yes. Where they go out of the middle. Yes. Well, they're doing construction on all their stuff. So, right now, their home locker room, is literally four trailers stacked together, and they've just like gutted the insides. And that means sounds like something Kentucky would do. <laughs> it, really it really does. You can't win games if your your locker room's a mobile home. <laughs> it's just not going to get it done in the SEC. Now I know why they lost. So that means that both teams had to come out of the same tunnel, and all they have is that temporary chain link fence. Yeah, that was gangster, for lack of better words, because they're shaking the fence. Well, and. In Missouri, it was one of those things where, like, you know, the Kentucky's walking out, and they're like, Missouri's coming out. They're just banging against yeah. it. And Jordan like Wright's a- like, he ain't having that. Beatty, I thought Beatty was going to just go over there and murk somebody. Like, I thought, I was like, oh, man, I got to have the video out because there's a fight going down. Like, this is going to be nuts. That was sweet, though. When I saw that, I immediately was even more ready for the game because I'm like, we're ready to go now. And yeah. then we opened up with Poked that awesome drive. I'm like, yeah, we're no. going to kill him. Uh, Chance Poor. Or Chance Poor. Got his first field goal. He got his feet wet with a, a little 30-yarder, but he put it through the pipes, and that's all that matters. It, it was. I'm glad that he got 
a 30-yarder to get, yeah. you know, he, no pressure. Because I was really worried, like, there'd be nothing worse for this kid who could be your, not next Austin McGinnis, but, you know, a close second. Yeah, and sufficient. Be, you, you don't want a kid to come off as, like, his first kick's a game winner and he misses it. Like, that's that's yeah. a tough ref to stick with somebody. Yeah, exactly, and that's, like, a not a good first situation. So they literally couldn't have had a better kind of position for him. That these Georgia game might come down to a field goal, so he's got to be ready to go. Yes. And if it doesn't come down to a field goal, you have to score when we get down there. Our offense is like last in the SEC in definitely passing yards, but they just haven't been able to put points up. So yeah. the kicker's got to put points up. That's why you're on the team is to exactly. score points, to get buckets, hit threes. Yeah, just I, hit I threes. put my John Wall goggles. You're on. You're probably the greatest three-point shooter in the history of Kentucky. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel good. You Richie know? Farmer. Psh. Travis Ford, Deron Lamb, Devin Booker, Brad Calipari. Yeah, nobody puts up threes like the Mac Daddy. Yeah, but shout out to all of them. (laughs) If they want some financial advice, Solomon and company. I could could, uh, (laughs) get them started in the right direction. Oh, man. Uh, Well, back to the best thing we saw today. And we're going to get to the quarterback situation eventually. Just, just, Just bear with me a little bit longer, folks. The celebration videos. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And I the mean, song, Mo Bamba. Man, that song, I like. I wanted to be in the locker room you, just dropping hit. F-bombs with everybody else. Trying to go. <laughs> but it was, it's, I, I listened to this, like, where are the words? This is terrible. Doesn't matter. I that's told a, you. That's a good all song. about the beat. That's a good winning song. And I, it's, it's it's a head bopper. Coach Stoops is one of the most fun person to party with after the game because you feel like he was in the fight with you. Like, he's just as emotional as we are as a team. I mean, <laughs> it was one of those things where, like, uh, Bowden said he's like, Man, Coach Stoops jumped out there like a rock star. And it was <laughs> he like did. the most. It was yeah. the most. Because he felt like a rock star. Yeah, he's like, what Man. can I do in this moment? And you see him eye it, and then he just <laughs> leap of faith. It's like it's like when you're at church camp and you're about to do a belly flop, and you just went for it. You just got to go. Reminded me of School of Rock and, like, the opening scene when Jack Black tries to stage dive. <laughs> yeah. Like, he just, no one catches him. And I was going, dang, what if. What if Stoops jumped and the players oh. like didn't really know what to do and just he just fell right on the ground? <laughs> no, that was this yeah, moment was too perfect. Right there, well, yeah. and the thing was, I was when Bowden said that, I was like, "All right, he's exaggerating." Like there, and then you see the video, and you're like, "Holy shit, he really did!" He yeah. crowd surfed. He crowd surfed like a rock star. Oh man, like a rock star. This is our head football coach. And Love like, that man. And like, Mo Obama's playing, and he knows the words. We like play that all the time. Yeah. Stoops know the words. He's punching the ceiling tile out. Like, <laughs> it's one of those things, like, how do you not want to play for that guy? Exactly. He's on the roller coaster with us. He stands <laughs> up on a chair pre-game or post-game, and it's it's always a good Man, time. That was Ch- Chuck, what was your favorite post-game? Do you have one? Like, my favorite – was probably the pre-game against Louisville. Yes. Yeah, that was probably my. That was lit. Was that the fight one? Okay. No, no well, it was after that. It that was, was when everyone was singing the, like the Meek Mill song, and it wasn't even playing. Oh, hold uh, on, wait Stoops a minute. Like, about y'all to thought give I was finished. He was just like, "No, y'all ready to go." What's the name of the song? Dreams of Nightmare. Yes, Dreams of Nightmare. Yeah. So Stoops was allowed to like give his speech where it's like, "All right, everyone, be quiet. We're about to get pumped up," and instead. Like, it like started kind of silently, and he was just like, all right, I'll let it go. And then 
just started getting louder. You were, I think it was Nick Mill was, was maybe in the locker room two years ago. Oh, when we won. Lamar before, fumbled. Before yeah. Lamar fumbled. Yeah. It, was, it was like such a yeah. real feeling to Kick that, though. Nightmares. It wasn't forced. Like, it was just like was we're ready down. to go. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a different feeling. Everyone See, and that's what I love down. about the celebration videos. So, like, there was the one of the dude who was watching at the Hyatt, and he, he just pours a beer <laughs> yeah. over his head. Oh, this bald-headed yeah. guy just dumps a beer on his head. There, there was another one of my friends who just, like, his voice, he was just squealing gibberish. He was just like, – you, could, you couldn't understand what he was saying because he was so hysterical. His words were just – you could yeah. – it was, it was gibberish. Um, you had – I mean, the post-game show too. Uh, were you – did you all – I know you were busy celebrating your birthday, Chuck. Yeah, we so were a national attender, so we didn't really listen to the post-game. Uh, it's on podcast. Ch- uh, Austin, you probably didn't listen either at the time. I didn't. I, I haven't yet either. Go, Go listen to it on podcast. Everybody here, go listen to it on podcast. A, there's crazy people that will make you smile and laugh. There is emotional moments that will make you tear up. And then Stoops dropped two shit bombs. He said, you, can, you, you can't say shit on the radio. And he said it twice. And he was in, he got into real Stoops mode where, like, you all get this all the time. And then I'll get it rarely in the media. Where he like barely holds back. Yeah. But whenever he gets mad and he starts gritting his teeth and he's like, if you don't think we're going to jump their shit when they get in the turn. And he's just like, oh, there he's to calm down. What was he getting fired up about? This Georgia game? Well, Asking about them or about this? It was, it was about game. the moments whenever he got into it. Eddie got into it with Benny. Uh, he got into it with Beatty. And he, he even got all over Josh, too. Good. Got up in his face. I like that. And, Show and, no one any mercy. And, and the thing Everyone's is, Everyone's on the team. Is I like that it's a back and forth. You know, like it's. Yeah, this happened earlier. What happened? Jimbo Fisher got in some guy's face, and you all were all against it. He now, pulled his face now, mask. Dude. That is different, and yes. you. That is a bad example. No, it's not. Because yeah, it after is. the game, the player was like, yeah, I was out of line. He brought me back in. But you know. You know, it's like when you okay, yell. If he would have grabbed Josh at, Allen's face mask. But it's. It, but it's. This, this we wouldn't, I wouldn't be this cheering about it. When, like. You have a best friend and he does something dumb, you totally rip him, you know? Like, totally rip him. And he's like, all right, you're right, I did something wrong. But do you when slap it's like, him? When it's like a, an okay friend, you kind of just like, ah, oh, man, you know, you like probably shouldn't have Come done on. that. Okay, let's, yeah. let's get it, the – That's a perfect analogy. But not – because Jimbo, so Jimbo grab you didn't have to grab his face mask at the end See, of the day. You yeah. can still get it. That's Let's forget about that example. Let's just focus on Stoops will goes – he comes in red-faced, all hot – Punching clipboards, whatever he's got to do to get those people fired up. And I love that his only focus is on the defense, that he does not worry about anything on the offense unless he's like, run it here, just because he wants to see a run. That he doesn't know what play, just run it. That video, uh, I guess it was last game, where it's like two minutes and 30 seconds of him just saying, give it to Benny, or number yes. 26. Yes. It's just yeah. like a, a cut-up of him of all the time. He said, like, all right, let Benny have it. I thought that was hysterical. Run it here, run it here. Yeah. He goes to Coach Slarman. <laughs> Give it, give it to Benny yeah. again. He's feeling it. Keep running yeah. front side too. I like that side. Yeah, it's good side. <laughs> Which, that like that's ultimate head coach mode where you're just like, oh, it's that that side. You don't have to do the exact play, but just hey, get it to that side. I love it. I love it. It's good when everything's going good, but then when stuff's going really bad, and then everyone kind of looks a little clueless on the sidelines. We're like, how do we don't know how to get the offense going? Well, I think you you put made a good point. You know, he's kind of really worrying about. You know, everyone has 
their specialty and Stoops is his defense. You know, yeah. when you think of, yeah, he's a great head coach, you don't think, yeah, his offensive mind is unreal, like Mike Leach or someone like that. Yeah, but where'd he come from? Florida State, yeah. D coordinator. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He, he finally surrounded himself with coaches that he trusts and, and believes that they're going to be productive, and I think that's the key to winning a winning football team. He, who else have we had? So we went Eddie, we went uh, Neil Brown, and then was it Eddie Shannon Grant? Dawson. Shannon, Shannon Dawson. Shannon Dawson, and then, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah, that's. And, and this game is a great example of uh, I loved it because it worked. Yeah. Because putting in a Mod Wagner to run a fade to win the game, pretty ballsy. Like, that's. And it, it worked well enough to get another play, and then you throw it. And I think, I don't want to speak for you all, but it was. Running it in that situation would have been a bad idea, right? Yeah. I always like a in a situation like that. I don't like a run. I like a rollout pass because it gives the quarterback an opportunity to run if he needs to. Like yeah. Terry on a rollout pass, I feel like that's you, a good call. You get your but running I mean, back out in the flats. The yeah, something See, like that. I, I the only you're right because I think if we would have done that in the two point play against Northwestern, it would have worked. Yeah. The reason why I'm glad they didn't give Terry that option, I think he does better with fewer options at this point in his career. True. Like, uh, as, as good as he can be in the RPO. Overthink stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And in this game, he was incredibly decisive. You saw him on those quick throws, which brings me to our favorite segment, brought to you by our friends at CEC Oncology. If you need to get some CE credits, some continuing education, you're a doctor, nurse, practitioner, or nurse, CECOncology.com. They'll get you taken care of. But this is where I pat myself on the back because, folks, it feels good to be firmly on top of the Terry Wilson Hill because I told y'all he was Kentucky's quarterback. I knew he was going to rise to the occasion. And what does he do? He completes 70% of his passes. He throws for 100 more yards than Drew Locke. They take him out of the game, and he doesn't even care. He's going to go lead Kentucky to an 88-yard scoring drive to end the game. Folks, See, that's pretty nice. Terry was never gone, and to all the haters and losers who doubted him, just, just, just say I'm sorry. You don't have to apologize directly to him. He just wants you to shh. But just, just back off, okay? This is Terry Wilson's team. This is going to be his team for the next three years. He is going to be a stud. He's going to make some mistakes, but he's got his swagger back. And he's I here agree. to stay. He Completely is here agree. to stay. Woo, that felt good. And, uh, by the way, we, we thought Drew Franklin was going to be able to join us in the end. Um, he had some, some obligations to get to, but he wanted me to, to pass along this message. Quote, Tell everyone I said Terry Wilson to God when Bowden to bigger God. Oh. Yeah. All right. So just putting that out there. I, I, I really hope we, we have like a, a text chain after the games. And I, I don't want to use his exact words, but he was really wanting to hold a every write a shut the hell up about Gunner post. Which like, here's the thing. I don't, like Gunner's a good kid. He's a solid backup. He stays on top of, like, he's prepared. Yeah. He's a good kid. He's not a locker room problem. Frank Hoke might be trying to get in the middle of things. But Gunner's a, a, a great, high-quality second-string guy. And I hate to put somebody down to build somebody else up, but Gunner's second throw is what you get with Gunner. He has yeah. enough cojones to throw that third down one and try to thread the needle. He did, but it, it, it wasn't right for that. But that second down throw, it was a hitch to Taven on the outside. 
And it, the only reason why it was incomplete is because he floated it out there. He just he yeah. doesn't have the arm to make those outside throws. And I know you'd like to see the offense maybe operate a little more in the middle of the field. Middle of the field's hard to get to. Agreed. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on there. The safer plays are the outside. Uh, the the dinks and dunks that everybody was complaining about, like why won't Eddie Grant throw it down the field? Well, because they were letting CJ catch six yard hitches. Like yeah. you you give what they take. So I. I, I hate to put down uh, Gunner to build up Terry, but it really did work out for the best in that Terry was playing great when they took him out. You put in Gunner, Gunner's at, and then Terry comes in and leads the team to a comeback victory. So if Gunner doesn't play, I mean, if. I still think when they put Gunner in, they knew that Terry was the guy back. that they were going to go to in I think the so fourth too. quarter. They're just hoping for a spark, just yeah. like something different where right. we can say we tried it and, and they, we don't know if we have an ace or not, but let's play it. And, and Stoops wanted to give Gunner a chance. Yeah, because like, he deserves it. But at that point, yeah, you had we had nothing to lose. The offense has stalled for 12 I think Stoops even quarters. said that he'll get, more chance, he'll get more chances if they present themselves too. Yeah, after the and I, I just I, I doubt there will be many more yeah. uh, of I those. I think at the end of the day, yeah. Because you like, when Gunner came in for the like the first series, it's like, well, you got to give him another one because you just called three throws in a row. He wasn't putting a good chance. Second one, they moved the ball pretty well, and I I don't recall how that drive ended because I know Benny got about twenty five on a screen pass. Yeah. But then it stalled. They had to punt. Um, when Gunner went back in for the third time, though, I, that's when I was like, oh gosh, this game's gonna end. I'm going to be so mad after this game. Yeah. I was just like, so you're like wasting another series whenever. It's like that. I mean, you can look at it in hindsight and say you wasted a series, but it's not like we moved the ball on offense until that last drive. And then all everything, finally the pieces came together on that last drive. So, I mean, I think, I think it was the right thing to do to just give it, give it a try, give him enough opportunities to where he, we at least can say he got settled in and we didn't, put him in and yank him right away because that's tough to come off the right, bench. Right. These and dudes have been playing for eight games, whatever, seven games now. They're in a rhythm, and he's not in a rhythm. Well, and and I think we'll see some uh, some of the Danny Clark package more too because I think there is like a, a skill set there that you can benefit from just throwing somebody off. Yeah. Like especially Definitely. down at – maybe not this game, but like you're down at Tennessee and like – you just come off a big win, and the offense isn't clicking right away. Maybe third series, you just like second one. Throw the gunslinger in and see what he does. And then get him in some like kind of hurry up. and Who knows? You can get a big playoff of it. Yeah. Or, let, or if let, nothing else, make Tennessee take a timeout. Yeah, or, let you know, Danny Clark sling the rock 75 yards in the air. He, he can do it. He's got the arm strength of a Greek god. <laughs> How about Josh Allen on – I guess it was July 16th at SEC Media Day when he said, We're, we want to win the SEC. Yeah. And almost every reporter ever is going, yeah, another UK guy thinks that. Talking trash. Yeah. It's now, like, bam, we're, in a, we're actually in a spot where we control our own destiny. If we win this game, we will be in the SEC championship. That was my other favorite thing of the day or whatever that section <laughs> is. Had Do you have it. any more best things you want to get out there, Austin? Um, not in like particular. I mean, we've we've hit all, we've hit the, all big the big awesome plays, guys. yeah. And I I just I well, like that they they didn't flinch at the end. They, they didn't. 
they didn't cross their mind. They were all their mindset was that they're going to win the game. And as ugly as it was, and as much as Missouri just choked game management, like if they score any yeah. points in they're the second half, throwing it on third down instead of making Kentucky burn a timeout. Yeah, yeah. they like, didn't play time of possession at all. Yeah, at all. Underestimated Cats defense, baby. They tried throwing it, Beatty. Yeah. They got cocky that our offense was they, doing they so try, bad. They try throwing at the other corner. I always get boundary and field. Beatty's field, right? Yes. Yeah. And they, yeah. They try throwing at the boundary a lot, whether it's Alani and Chris. And as Stoop said today at one point when he was just about taking shots, he's like, think about if you take too many shots, you play yourself out of the game and get behind the chains. Yeah. They threw like four at Westry slash Alani. And – I think there was only even one that was like a jump ball. The rest were like bad throws or, you know, something was off. Um, but, yes, I digress. I do want to ask you all, so you haven't gotten to it, do, do you all have anything you would like to pat yourself on the back over? I always forget what I think, what I say. I will. Before. I said that Terry would have over 150 yards passing. There you go. And that Benny would not have over 150 yards rushing. Oh. Just Nailed it. pat myself on the back for that. But that was pretty good. That was a good call. Yeah, but here's the thing this week is that this Georgia D-line is susceptible to the run. Yes. They're not as stout as Missouri, and that no. sounds weird to it, say yeah. out loud, yeah. but they are not as good up front on the defensive side. On the offensive side, they got studs on the O-line. Yeah, they're a little injured, but yeah. We that, have studs on the D-line. Yeah. Hey, you, you're well, right. I would rather that be yeah. strength versus strength than – it is weird to say that because Missouri does have a bad defense, but they are good up front. And, like, it's one of those things where you don't know exactly what went wrong on those short, short yardage situations. But Missouri – They got big guys. They, <laughs> they got stuffed, big So, dudes. like, yeah. I, I don't – They stuffed Georgia on fourth and one a yeah, couple times. A couple times. So, I, I don't have any long-term concerns about the rushing game. I think it is kind of an ebb and flow when they're trying to – do, do, do you have any – concerns long term about no not at all i think like you said missouri's good i have a concern oh more cowbell i was thinking that too I don't my know. concern is that if aj rose doesn't produce then we're gonna wear benny out to where he's not as effective like we got to be able to trust aj rose in the game to not put the ball on the ground and get benny well, some rest going the into the fourth line. quarter yeah I did not like that. I, I think you in put the Benny goal in. in the goal line situation you put Benny in, but that yeah. drive you have to as good as Benny is and as much we want him on the field, he's a human being who will get worn down, will get tired, and you well, got to yeah. have a couple possessions where we get him off the field. And Coach Grant tries to do it as best as he can, but everyone harps on him for it. But there is reason to his madness why he's putting AJ in. Yeah. Do no, they? Um, do we think that they had Benny out for like disciplinary reasons? I don't know. I, I doubt that, honestly. I bet you they were to rest. And I bet I bet part of it was the rest, but I bet part of it, too, was to keep Benny's head. Yeah. Because Benny doesn't get enough pay, credit for how smart he is as a runner. Yeah, he's really and patient, too. See, and that was when he had his slump last year. Because he had a 1,000-yard year, but there was like a three- or four-game stretch where he just wasn't being Benny. 
And it, I, it was because he wasn't patient. It's because he sometimes he gets that ball in the wildcat and he is moving before he catches it. Yeah. And that's when the plays are not good because he runs into Stenberg or the pulling guard instead of waiting for them to come do the work. Exactly. And there are there are times up. when he does that, but I mean, when you're in the game and you're a competitor like he is, I get why he gets anxious sometimes. He's just like, I just want the ball. I just ran for ten yards. I'm gonna do it again. But you gotta just kind of relax and catch the ball, let the blocks play themselves out. If you have a cutback, hit it. And sometimes he just wants to go, get go, it go. go. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's Benny. Yeah. Go, go, go is, is kind of Benny's MO. Which, by the way, did y'all see him in Times Square today? I saw him and Josh. I asked you if those were real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't well, know if we were doing that. I like. Did our man or? Cobra get those put up? Yeah, Cobra did. Oh, Possibly. and uh, what's the one – the. Crowds on, they're big fans of the show. Yeah, they are. Shout out to the crowds on. We yeah. have some listeners. Yeah, so there you go, folks. If y'all, uh, once you finish all your KSR podcast of the week, the crowds on, they're they're big KSR fans. Check them out, or just yeah. use them to bet because apparently the more people that listen and vote, the more accurate they get. We want to test the theory, and I I, I want to test the theory of betting Louisville to to not cover what limit they can go to. It's thirty seven this week. I did the stupid thing, Austin. I thought their defense might actually slow down Wake Forest because Wake Forest had a terrible offense. <laughs> Parlaying the under was a bad idea. I should have oh. just taken the easy money. But Wake Forest almost got the under by themselves. Yeah, I, mean, I, I was watching that game, and it was uh, like 40-20 to 20 in the middle of the third quarter. I went, this or the second quarter, they just <laughs> has to top the over. Yeah. yeah there's no I mean, way it hasn't. It, like, I bet it was 60. No one on Louisville's defense – wants to be out there. It's yeah. not fun to tackle people when you're one in a million. Reverse flea flicker? Yeah. Oh. Got it. Trick plays. I don't, do, will we see a trick play on yes. Saturday? Yeah. Yeah. I bet we see a trick play from Georgia early. Try to get the early lead away. From, yeah, like you like surprised. Nick already said, from is, I mean, he's a good quarterback, but not the best. So maybe something to get him going. But yeah, he's like, he's like he's good. He's got like all the attributes that you need. We just need to get in his head. Yeah, we need we need Josh that Allen Josh Allen train. Yeah. We need that Josh so, Allen train. This reminded me a lot when we played South Carolina at home, and you know Bud had that pick six that yes. kind of put us up. The defense is gonna have to play well. And we're yeah. like, what'd you call it earlier, Nick? Something uh, stupid. Stupid. Yeah. Yes. I don't think it has to be something completely stupid though. I don't think it has to be a. You know, a block punt touchdown, but you know, another punt return touchdown away. might be nice. Some special, some good special teams play. We're gonna need everything to win. I this, like this Josh Allen for another strip sack. Well, <laughs> yeah, two this he's, weekend. He's man, been great. I called that. I'll pat myself on the back for that as well because oh. I going back to one of the few games I watched Missouri play was that Georgia game, and they had they had two or three. They had three strip sacks, I think. They recovered two, and then Missouri got one. Georgia's got two uh, defensive touchdowns this year. The yeah, whole strip sack thing, how frustrating is it to get a strip sack and not recover it? it? Yeah. Or then yeah. the block field goal, if it doesn't bounce backwards, or if it take it back, if it didn't bounce forward, if it like kept going backwards, yeah. that's a touchdown. touchdown. I think that's the most obnoxious thing with the strip sack is when you got a big D lineman who thinks – all right, I'm going to scoop and score this. And then they, like, completely whiff. And because they whiffed and didn't just go down and get the ball, the, somehow the offense recovers it. That's what really – They just yeah. bat it with their yeah. big bare hands. Yeah. <laughs> it just goes five more yards down yeah. the field. Bear call. Uh, Chuck, I, I, before we get 
waist deep into the Georgia prep. I would like to let good people know who sponsored this edition of Pat Yourself on the Back. This edition of Pat Yourself on the Back was brought to you by the guy from CBI, CBI Insurance. A boutique agency specializing in personal lines and commercial business insurance. Whether you're looking for a quote on your home and auto or need help placing your commercial business needs, we've got you covered. Anything ranging from contractors to produce to brewers and distilleries, the list goes on and on. When it comes to insurance, always remember, call the guy from CBI. The guy from Will do. CBI. Or, CBI Insurance, 502-901-1488. 502-901-1488. The 1488 thing, I hate how much I remember that number. Because the tolls. It's, but yes, the tolls to Walker. The only other number I remember like that quite so well, my wife's. 4138. The last, the last digits to her phone number are 1738. Oh, oh Fetty Wap. Wap. <laughs> but, she, but she never says 1738. She always says 1738. Oh. Like, no, you got to be like 1738. Everyone would get that. No one would be like, excuse me, what was that? Was that a <laughs> yeah. 7 or a 9? Everybody would get 1738. Yeah, definitely. I'm like, hey, what's up? Hello. Uh, okay. Georgia. So, folks, Ooh, I, I found Georgia. out the secret to success against the dogs. It's it's a secret weapon. Wait, wait, should we call Mark Stoops? Yeah. Are you, <laughs> why didn't you like instead of asking a question, be like, Coach Stoops, I have some advice on how to <laughs> how to go about attacking George's defense. This he is, would respect you more if you did that. You know, stand out from the crowd. Dude, Stoops and I had a, a little pregame conversation on the field. What what do you what do you say? Anything good? I mean, I can't let you know all he the. He said the KSR secrets. football podcast is the reason we're winning these games. He said I'm exactly. Cobra. Yeah. I needed the video. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. What's the key? What is the key to winning, Nick? We interrupted okay. you. Okay. Georgia, they do a lot of things well. They've got some elite receivers. Calvin Ridley has a freaking little brother. What a jerk. Yeah. God. <laughs> that does suck. God, what a jerk. He has to have a brother to go. And he's good. He might be better than Calvin. It's annoying. It's really stupid. Isaac Nada is like, in his, he's still there. Yeah, I don't know how he's still there. He was a freshman two years ago. He's only a junior. Yeah. He was a stud a as a dude. true freshman. So, I mean, they've got a lot of talent. Jake Fromm, obviously just a sophomore. Was really good as a freshman. Oh yeah, and they got a running guy, Justin Fields. They they have a lot of pieces to the puzzle. But one thing Georgia does not do well is start football games. Okay, I just want to go through their first halves, if you if you will. Enlighten us, please. Because mo- most Georgia Georgia's winning by a good margin. They're double digits in almost every SEC game. But here's their first half. South Carolina, twenty to ten. Mizzou, 20 to 7. Tennessee, 17 to nothing. I know that doesn't sound close, but it's Tennessee. <laughs> None of these have sounded yeah. close. No, but, but the thing is, yeah. I thought it was. I'm like, these gonna... are pretty good first halves. <laughs> yeah, like Maybe the first only, quarter? I mean, only they were down half. 16 to nothing at LSU. Right. They were only up 13 to 7 against Florida. Okay, but okay. those are two. They, they sound worse than what they are, but they're still games at halftime. They don't play well at the beginning. Good. So the key is, is jumping on them early and often. I know that's what the key is in every fast-starting game, but in the second half, they make adjustments. They get their stuff right, and then they beat you by 25. They, they yeah. turn on the brakes. I know – so, like, the, the counter is that, hey, UK's defense, you know how many average points per game they're giving up in the second half? 
four. Guys. Uh, six. 2.9. Wow. Less than a field goal per second half. Wowzers. So that's a good stat to win. But Georgia's very good at getting their stuff together and then hitting the accelerator in the second half because then they can roll on their run game with DeAndre Swift, Holyfield, and they got some other – if you look at their rushing stats, they've had like 17 people have carries this year. Yeah, that they've is crazy. They've got a freaking stable. Yeah, um, Georgia has the most explosive players that we have faced this year, especially on the offensive side because – who did we play that was really explosive? And Florida's got some athletes, but they, they weren't putting it together. Uh, Mississippi State, Fitzgerald's coming like off the injury. Travion, is it Williams from A&M, the running back? Yes, yes. And we yeah, the A&M, A&M yeah. had a good kind of – they have big receivers, yeah. a dual-threat quarterback. So that I'm yeah. not saying this defense is yeah. going to fold, but they Georgia's got weapons that yes. they have a lot of different options. They're not one-dimensional. A- A&M is built similarly, it, but – Aside from Nada, not not a not as annoying. The backers are solid in coverage. That's that's one thing Cash has to do better. Yeah. Isaac Nada is a stud. Cash has got to play better in pass coverage. Uh, Stoop said he could tell the difference in Cash without having his whole hand with him. Uh, Oates only got eight snaps. You're going to see more Chris Oates. Good. You'll probably see more like 15 yeah. reps with him. Uh, it's just one of those situations where Cash is such a like he's he is the kind of pulse of the defense as far as like getting them fired up and it's hard to it's hard to take them out well didn't cash have another forced fumble this mizzou game no he had, he had a pass breakup pass breakup yes. okay, okay, okay. that was right yeah he I busted he somebody up in there yeah. on something that he busted important. somebody up good on a third down so i mean um, that that's that's why the coaches don't want to bring him out because he's been making clutch plays as of late so to to kind of go well let's just go through uh, Georgia's offense. We briefly did. Jake Fromm, he had probably his best game to date against Florida. He was 17 of 24, 240 yards, three touchdowns. That is kind of where Georgia, I mean, obviously you want numbers that good, but Georgia only throws in about 25 at the top end 30 times a game. They want to be as balanced as possible because they're dealing with a young quarterback and they've got a lot of talented running backs. Um, and where they really make their money, they've got dudes who go up and make plays. Miko Hardman, yeah. who his cousin's actually committed to UK. Really? Linebacker from Georgia, Trey hey. Wilkins. All so right. that's, that'd be, that's going to be a big recruiting get uh, if he ends up signing in December. But Miko Hardman, he, he's thrown – he threw a touchdown in the national championship game. Uh, he's, he's incredibly fast. Uh, he makes some plays out of the slot pretty much wherever – we mentioned uh, Ridley, Riley Ridley. He's really good. Uh, this Holloway kid who's younger, he started making some plays as of recently. Is Javon Wims gone? Yes, he's placed for the Bears. Thank God. <laughs> he was a freak. They, I was making sure he was gone. Yes. I feel like he's one of those guys that they've had forever. Luckily, he's gone. And yes. luckily, they don't have any, like, six, eight dudes who are, you know, like. Lorenzo uh, Carter. <laughs> yeah, like, or like yeah. the dude from Clemson couple years back that like you could just throw it up and he was bigger than everybody yeah so like the, the one of the biggest playmaking parts of Georgia's offense is go throw it to the guys outside and they'll make plays Kentucky's big defensive backs yeah these, these they neutralize them. yeah these these DBs are going to get tested this week because Georgia throws it outside the numbers a lot a lot they'll they'll throw it to the field 
and he's got a strong arm, and that's one of the things he excels yeah. in is throwing outside the numbers. They like to get their playmakers the ball with space, and so we're going to have to tackle, wrap up, and we've been doing a good job of that. There's no signs that point to we're not going to do a good right, job right. solo tackling. Uh, and then in the running game, uh, Holyfield's been the big story this year, and not just because his dad. That's, yeah. That's a big reason why. Which, did you all see him picking last week on game day? No, I didn't. A man of few words. They were just asking where he wants. Uh, I like Missouri. I like, yeah, like he, Missouri, like he was just what, one Kirk word. Hirsch, he finally picked us, though. I think he learned. Kirk's, didn't he? Kirk's normally, like, the one guy on Stoops' side. Yeah. Because, you know, they're both Ohio guys. But Lee, Lee Corso, I never want him to pick Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. Just stay consistent. He's too annoying with his picks. I don't I don't like him. We just know? talked about their podcast. <laughs> no, we didn't. That's no, that's Lou Holtz. That's Lou Holtz. I was like, oh, my God. I apologize. But Lee always picks against him, so that's good. Georgia, sorry to interrupt. To interrupt, yeah. That one-two punch they have is deadly at running back. That's a sweet combo. Is that punny because his dad's Evander? <laughs> One-two punch. It really yeah. is. Pacha. See, that, that's when you know he's getting good at this. It's yeah. just a natural I'm pun. I'm just he setting you to. up for greatness. But Swift, Swift has been injured for a lot of the year. Uh, he, had, he was dealing with an ankle injury. And, of course, he gets healthy like two games ago and has only a second 100-yard game of the year. Last week against Florida. Yeah, and, and so Swift's back to back Ho- to Holyfield looks like he's been using steroids since the age of two. Man, yeah, he's pretty big. Have you ever he's seen a running back big. with biceps like that? <laughs> Josh Clemens from and Michael Dyer. Remember that yes. year when they had those Jesus. pictures on game day and they were just the two biggest guys in college football? Oh man. Oh, I forgot about that. Good good callbacks yeah. there. That's Josh. a great one with Josh Clemens. One one thing I do like about Georgia's offense. Not a lot, like, a lot of injuries on that offensive line. Uh, they just got one of their guards back uh, last week. And then their left tackle, Andrew Thomas, he had a bum ankle for most of the year. And then he's come back, and then he misses like two and a half quarters of the last game, got rolled up on. They played three left tackles against Florida. Wow. So that means that – Josh Allen might be dealing with a bunch of part-timers. That's good news for us. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. you want to talk about, like, just shark bait. Like, yeah. Ain't, ain't got no chance going up against Josh freaking Allen. Uh, defensively, uh, as you alluded to earlier, Austin, Georgia's still Georgia. They've got – I think they have the best pass defense at the SEC. They got some studs at corner. Kirby, he knows how to make a good secondary. But their rush defense, it might be the worst by an SEC opponent all year, except maybe Vanderbilt. Yeah, they're they're susceptible. Susceptible. I tried to use a big word and it backfired. You know, it's got a lot of S's and C's and you're T's. Right, it's, right. it, it's in weird areas. So <laughs> I, I yeah, but like they're they're vulnerable up front and. They don't have – I mean, you but, lose Roquan Smith, that yeah, happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure those linebackers will be playing run a lot of the night. Just, just right. Maybe we're trying to play shut action. down the run. Yeah, so I think the play action will be there. Um, we just got to we just gotta play ball. These dudes got to come out with this swagger to them like they are the 11th team in the country and play like it yeah. at so home. It's one of those things where in the last two games you saw Kentucky's offense struggle to get 14, 15 points. 
But when it when one part of the the offense struggled, the other part picked him up. So nine passing attempts against uh, Vanderbilt and only 18 yards. But Benny gets a buck 69. Then on the flip side, Benny struggles to get I don't 67 even, yards. Yeah, 67, I think, I think 19 carries. Yeah, which not a good day for Benny. Yeah. But then Terry goes out, puts 70 percent of his passes for 267 yards. Ideally, you get them both on the same page this week because you've got to score more than 14 points to beat a team that's as good as Georgia. Yep. But the good thing is you've seen them do good things out of each. Yeah. So Georgia's going to have to prepare for a lot, but you need Terry to make firm decisions, and you need to hit a couple big plays. I don't know if we need him to score more than 14 with the way this defense is playing. I mean, we look back at a lot of classic SEC games, and those are low-scoring games when it's a defensive battle. So if, if this defense comes ready to play, then hopefully we don't have to put up too much more than 14, maybe 17, to get the job done. Because I think if we're relying on this offense to score over 20 points, then that's, that's not a good position we want to be in. Because right now our strength is our defense. All right, I got a couple of stats of the history – Ooh. Of UK Georgia, Woo-hoo. one that kind of goes that off guy that. from CBI. Guy from CBI has got the stats. All right, so we've played Georgia every year since 1956. Okay, okay. that was uh, like a year after my dad was born. Our record against them is not very good. No, play <laughs> it on us. Fif- they are 57 and 12 with two ties. All I'm hearing is 12 and 0. The last time we beat them was in 2009. And we won 34 to 27, and we caused four turnovers against him. Wow. And uh, I think we had a guy named Randall Cobb who was really, really Yeah, he was too. pretty good. They've won on average by 20 points. Uh, let's, let's not take that into so, account because this year's an anomaly team. I'm with you. This is the they're normal gonna, I feel like they're going to put up points. I feel like our defense is going to, even the special teams are going to have either hands full. 14 points total. Or, so pick six, fumble recovery. There's going to be a touchdown on one of those. Either. Okay. So that's my call So, right so now. play the defense special teams in your fantasy league? Yes, definitely. <laughs> that would be my pick. Or I feel like they're going to have a bunch of turnovers in Georgia's – in their own uh, – Side of the field. Not a, yeah, okay, we'll do that. Say that. So to set up scores. Yeah. Short I feel like field. our defense has got to be – Got to have turnovers. Got to have and it. To that gotta point, create turnovers. Kentucky's played some teams with some good punters. So when – like they've moved the ball, but they haven't finished drives because they're starting on their own 10. Yeah. The, the field position game, that's something that – a battle that was won regularly a year ago. So you didn't need to put together a lot of big, long scoring drives. And if you didn't get far enough, we just put you in and you're yep. going to go boom a 55-yarder. Yep. No problem. Let me just get that dirt off your shoulder while I, I'm at I appreciate that. Um, so I, I think, to Chuck's point, if you don't get turnovers, you at least need to win the field position battle. Yeah. Um, and, and I think you can – I mean, that game last year, it was an ugly final score. But there were some early turnovers. Got some the short early field. drop touchdowns maybe. Yeah. 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 So it's a couple of misses. You know, CJ we, we, we weren't, we weren't on. You know, like, we have to be on to, to win. Yes. Have to be on. But you know what? I don't think they need any motivation to get up for this game. I agree. <laughs> I agree. And I think it goes without saying, biggest game of any of our lifetimes. Yeah. Biggest game of any of our lifetimes. 
these dudes are going to be ready to play. That atmosphere is going to be nuts. The catwalk. Catwalk's going to be oh crazy. Oh, my God. That is going to be lit. They might have to start it at Old Nutter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, though, that is it's going to be a wild time. They all roll and, up on those orange bikes. And, yeah. <laughs> Coach yeah. Shoes ran them all in orange bikes. Wearing the jigsaw uh, mask. Oh, that would be, that would be uh, cool. What, Saul? Yeah. Yeah. Saul. Much, yeah. But the, the thing is, guys, if if the Florida game didn't show this to you, if last week didn't show it games. to you, Kentucky has been able to play big in big moments, in big situations. There's nothing that they can't handle. This team has faced every kind of adversity. They've put themselves in a position to go win the SEC East. For once, the Cats have all the right mojo. And then on Saturday, now it's their time to shine. And that's why I think they're going to do it, damn it. I think you need to go give the pep talk four stoops before the game. <laughs> you think they'll let me crowd, sir? Yeah. They that's, do that. That comes after. That's, that's yeah. part of the thing that now, That comes after. Oh, man. That's a tradition. Stoops afterwards, he's like, yeah, I'm a little banged up. Yeah. <laughs> Not injured, just hurt. Just a little banged Did up. Did he tell you guys, like, he <laughs> That's I just awesome. can't not imagine him walking out of that locker room like, what oh, did I just he do? Was, he was dying. So he had to, like, walk down the ramp and then walk back up to the media. And he's out of breath. His face is red. I'm like, geez, Stoops, what would you just do? You can't, you can't even talk. It's like, he's just give me a second. Give me drink some water, and then he's able to talk. It's because he was crowd surfing. Yeah, so crowd like, surfing takes a lot out of you. It really does. It really it's does. It's a tough gig. So do we, do we have any final thoughts on Saturday's matchup against Georgia? I've got one final thought, and buddy Clay Sin is sitting here. Show me a text from a Mr. Chip Hancock, big-time UK fan. Um, you know, been with the program when they're ups and downs, and he says this. Okay. Er, $130 is a ticket you can buy for the nosebleeds. It's probably the worst seats in the house. Okay. In order to get in the game, club level, it's $800 or $1,000. And he said, remember when you used to have season tickets and you put them on windshields and give them away hoping someone would go in and sit and watch the game. A long way we've come, and I think we top it off Saturday night with the win and a securing of the SEC East for Catlanta come December 1st. Woo! That's my take right there. I like that. And to add to that, I, I do hope everybody just thoroughly enjoys the moment we're in right now like on top of it all like everything's firing on all cylinders you're getting you're stealing recruits from the city of Louisville they suck uh, the Mr. Football favorite might pick your school this Thursday Wandale Robinson another studs on the, I mean everything that you could possibly want as a Kentucky football fan besides an air raid attack is happening and I just hope that everybody enjoys this moment. Awesome. Yeah, I guess the only thing I have to say is they, they better show up with their big boy pants on. This is a playoff contender. This is a team that was in the national championship last year. The quarterback's in the national championship. They got some talent. This is, if you, if you want to go do big things, it's right there for the taking. This is a Georgia team that's come in, been there, done that. 
And this is an upcoming Kentucky team, although experienced, they haven't been in the light as much as this Georgia team. Go, go and take it. You're gonna have to go take it. You can't, you can't play to lose. You're gonna have to play to win against this Georgia team and make risky plays and go, go win. That's what's gonna make Saturday so much fun. The Cats, they are gonna let it all hang out. Mark Stoops, Eddie Grand, they're holding nothing back. They're letting it fly. Terry Wilson's feeling good. This offense has got its groove back. Benny is mad. He is running angry. And Josh Allen is the baddest defender in all of the SEC. It might have seemed like a crazy idea that Kentucky could play in an SEC championship game. But when I was in Atlanta for the SEC media day, I walked up to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and that Falcon was lit up in blue lights. And, folks, that Falcon's going to be lit up in blue here in a few weeks because the Cats are taking down the dogs, and it is going to be a party in Lexington this Saturday night. We thank you all so much for listening. We hope you have a blast. Enjoy this week. Enjoy Saturday. Come out hang out at KS Bar and Grill. And most importantly, Cats let's by 90. beat the hell out of Georgia. And peep the technique. Sweat the technique.